<laughs> get it, get it. Hey everyone, this is the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, site manager over at One Foot Down, although uh, my resignation number or letter is sitting on my desk. Uh, joining me tonight is Brendan McAlinden. Yeah. Yeah, we, this is like 20 minutes after Notre Dame just got their asses handed to them. 45 to 14 by Michigan. And it's um wait. Michigan just scored again. Uh, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Harbaugh is really putting it on. <laughs> he did he did not let the the the, the four string quarterbacks in now and you know what you, you know the happiest part about the whole game was for me? Is um, that Kelly di- is that Kelly didn't like try to yell at Jim for running up the score. Like Kelly, the one good thing Kelly did tonight was he took it like a man. He no, gave him the, the the short, quick handshake and got the fuck out of there. No, you've seen coaches do something where they've they've bitched about getting blown out like that, and right. it's just like I'm, it's embarrassing. Stop it's embarrassing it. enough. Stop yeah. yeah. No, so that was the one good thing Kelly did tonight. Congratulations, Brian. Well, he sure didn't. Uh, he didn't come up with a creative game plan, um, and uh, he sure didn't get the boys ready to play with an entire week of preparation. Um, so there's that. There is that. I mean, is, I, don't even, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, the awfulness was just so. Oh my god! It was just it was. It, it was invaded like a disease throughout the entire game, I and mean, it was like a. You know, it was like Easy E getting AIDS as opposed to Magic Johnson getting AIDS. <laughs> right. It was just quick and fast. And yeah. It's like, what the hell just happened there? I mean, you know? it, it was 17 to nothing at halftime. And then it was 17 to seven at one point. And there and... was hope. I, I literally was like, all right, I, I have, I got a little bit of hope here. I was waiting for Shea to make that mistake that would put us right back in it. And there was a couple of moments when like Jim came out and he was thinking in the second half that he was going to throw the ball and the Aloe Gilman almost pick. And there was a couple of moments when you thought that, that Shea was going to let us back in this game. I mean, and how terrible was that? Shea, Shea was six of 12 for a hundred yards. You know, I, I tweeted out during the game. I'm like, we are completely letting sh- Patterson off the hook for being a shitty quarterback by being even shittier ourselves across the board. I mean, he's a terrible I, quarterback. No, he was absolutely god awful. And the game was when the game was out of hand. Shea was three for nine for thirty yards, and the game was already out of hand at that. Three for nine for thirty yards, and the game was out of hand. It and was a touchdown. Like, and, a t- and, one, and one touchdown. One touchdown. I just don't understand. What Clark Lee was thinking by I, I'm not exactly sure what the game plan was for the defense early on. Like, I think he thought they were really going to sling it. Like at any moment. I mean, he's used to I mean, he's used to Brian Kelly being around. So, I mean, and I mean, it's 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 sort of um, Jim Harbaugh's DNA because Jim had his own sort of. Brian Kelly, um, NC State sling it because they slinged it against uh, Michigan State in a monsoon yeah. in 2017. So, yeah. I don't know. There is just, there's so much to unpack, but it's like unpacking from like the worst like trip you've ever took where most of the stuff that you, that you brought back home just needs to toss into the fire. 
I mean, any and like gallons of gasoline. You took a trip to um, New York City, right? And you got mugged in the subway, and you had your license stolen and your wallet stolen, and then you get back it's to your hotel room. On you. yeah. yeah, and and you got bug bite, bed bugs, right? So you, so you got to throw out all of your luggage when you get home because you got bed bugs. So you come home without a wallet, with no luggage, a black eye, and just a miserable chip. I mean, that's essentially what we got. I mean. If you're ranking the worst, the worst defeats of, I mean, this, this is, this is getting to the territory of the worst defeats of the Brian Kelly era, I mean, and it's got to be up it, there. I mean, I is it worse than the 2012 Bama game? Narratively speaking, probably not. Um, but that 2012 Alabama team was one of the best college football teams of all time, right? Right, right. Like ridiculously talented. This was a Michigan team that was getting that was on roller skates against Army. But, the, yeah, but the, I, I will say this though, the the Bama game they rolled up Notre Dame and let off. Whereas in this game, they kind of crept they crept to it, and then as as the game was out of hand and backups in and all that good stuff, Michigan added to the fire. Yeah, so that's true. I'll. I'll I'll still lean towards 2012. You know what? This is the third worst loss. I'm not going to. Miami's two. Yeah, Miami is two. Miami was definitely two. Later. I don't know. I mean, the stakes are the same, right? I mean, you had your one loss and you, you know, you had your mulligan, but your one loss to Georgia. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a, well, I mean, uh, all all right. right, It's it's two A and two B. Two A and two B. The thing that makes this one worse, though, is that it's Michigan, right? Yeah, because Miami's just my. I mean, and the thing is, you know, there's redemption to get with Miami. Still, yeah, we'll I, see Miami before we see Michigan. Yeah, at least twice, probably two twice. or three times. Yeah, at least twice. Um, yeah, Michigan, we're not going to see till uh, uh, 2033, um, which I will all be dead then. Um, so there's that. There are people, and and I, I mean, I just don't know if it's the right attitude to have about it. But, you know, after Notre Dame won in 2014, there was a large group of fans and people at Notre Dame who were like, good, we're fucking done with Michigan. We don't have to play them again. F them, blah, 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 blah. And I guess I was on that. You know, I was like, yeah, I'll jump into that boat with you guys, you know, blah, blah, blah. And. But, you know, it, it kind of nagged me over the years. Like, I, I kind of missed the series. I'm, I miss hate week. I mean, because it's pure, unadulterated, emotional hate. And it's a fun thing to, to put out there in the universe. Like, I, I have no regrets this week for the site and the content we've produced and all the shit talking. I have no regrets about that whatsoever. That's what college football is supposed to be. You know, this doesn't alter my personal life. So why, why would I give a shit? You know, no, what I mean? you gotta shoot your shot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's, it, it, it's the team you do it with. It, it, this isn't, you know, I'm not talking mad shit about Virginia all week beforehand. But you know, there's a there's some of those people. Then I, I guarantee you, you're gonna start seeing it now. Is like there's gonna be the regret of why did we ever add them? Why did we ever put them back on? You know, for the 2018 2019 thing, obviously, after last year's win, you're feeling good, but there's going to be those people creeping out. I would like to smack them because you know what? Fucking beat them. It's not about 
it's not about all the the extra nonsense. It's about going up there and fucking beating them. And you absolutely did not do that. Notre Dame did not do that. And every, not, I mean, when you this, you this isn't Jack Spielberg's fault. <laughs> did you see the former players on Twitter tonight from Brady Quinn and Oh, and, they were they were that that was about as I think I saw public. Ian Williams out like it was just right on down the list. It was just that was as public and as, and Ian Williams was on some terrible teams. I mean he yeah. got blank. He was on a team that got beat thirty eight nothing. Yeah, thirty eight nothing. But uh, yeah, that was as public as I've seen ND, former ND players get about it was like Miami esque. You know how like Irvin and those guys would like be like would get on Twitter or get go somewhere and just talk mad shit about what the hell is happening. I kind of so, felt that. And I mean, at this point, the the rest of the schedule sort of sets up like, yeah, there's Duke and there's Vatek and and there's uh, Boston, there's, you know, Fredo, and then there's Stanford at the end of the year. But I mean, like, where do, where do you really pivot from at this particular point? Because 10 and 2 seems very real. Um, but I mean, is the team going to have a letdown gate? Does this linger and they end up losing a game they shouldn't and they go 9 and 3? I mean, where do you where do you see this team going at this particular point after after such a drubbing and a letdown in in a big spot like this? I don't know. I mean, you have to. I mean, where's Ian Book's head? I mean, I I don't believe for a second that uh, Dracovic's going to start against uh, Virginia Tech next week. No, I, for a, not even for a minute. And I mean, Kelly, he looked okay coming in that game, but like those were some, those were some. <laughs> well, a, after after he took his uh, face plant, yeah, it's like it's like the uh, what when you come out there and you puke, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's Willie Beeman uh, out there puking before the play. It's that yeah, it's that scene in uh, the replacements where they puke in the huddle, yeah. like he saw the eggs and pukes in the huddle, and they all scoot over, right? Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it felt like. Yeah, there. I, there was uh, definitely some ducks flying around uh, inside that storm at the big house. Yeah. But at the same time, he, he didn't look afraid to throw that. I mean, he's got nothing to lose, right? And I he mean, wasn't I, willing to. He, he like, all night long, we're just begging for passes to go to Cole Komet. And who's the first one? Like, there was the touchdown pass to Cole Komet, right? Well, Phil Jakovic plays six minutes of a football game and is as many completions to Cole Komet as Ian Book does all game. Right. And listen, and all was, year long, there was no basically. let up. Yeah, and, no let up. There was no let up for Michigan at that point either, right? Like they were, they cut the throat, they put the foot on the throat and they were like pulverizing. They, I mean, there was no let up by Don Brown when Jakovic came in. All right. So what he did while he was out there, that's all him. That, that, that's, that could have been at any point during the game. Just the way the personnel was still in there. They were still calling the same way. I mean, on that, you know, that touchdown drive. So, I mean, I don't, but I mean, book's going to start against Virginia tech. Kelly's not going to just move that way. It, this he sets can't. up for a tremendously horrible rest of the season covering Notre Dame, because I mean, you should see the Twitter mentions tonight. It's, no, it's all, I, I mean, I've been following. Yeah, it's been awful. It's just fire Kelly. But I mean, I thought you made a very poignant point during the game, during the course of the game of like, this is why Kelly started Wimbush in the game against Michigan. And like, absolutely. absolutely. 
all season long, you know, a, a lot of people, and especially, um, you know, I mean, I love him, but um, uh, our good friend Pete Sampson from The Athletics sold us a bill of goods with, with Ian Book going into the season, and he just... I, I'm not sure what it is, but he's just unwilling to take anything remotely that resembles a risk unless it involves Chase Claypool. Yeah, it's like the turnovers like like changed his soul last year. I mean, it, I, like somebody just needed to tell him like that. Man, so, so much just is going to happen. I mean, no one's going to be you know perfect, and you're not like blessed with like all this ungodly talent. But yeah, you're right. He is so hesitant. I mean the. And the reason why I, I put that out there about Wimbush is because, I mean, just to make a, I just wanted to really send my point home from last year. Yeah. Was like, you know, book beat Wimbush out in fall camp, but Notre, Notre Dame had no idea really how Michigan's defense was going to be. And they were really, I don't want to say scared, but they were fucking worried about him, about what kind of pressure they put on. And they wanted someone with legs to be able to, to, to create something, make something not, not be sitting, not running into a fucking blitz half the time. Well, and there's and, that narrative and, that and Brandon did that. it. Brandon did exactly that, and that's exactly what was missing in this game. I mean, I think if I think you know early in the first half, I think if Book makes a few different decisions, this is an entirely different football game. Well, I mean, yeah, if if Book not, makes, a, I mean, if, I, and I'm not trying to like sell. I'm not trying to sell anybody on the fact that. We could have one or any of that. Sh- I'm just saying, and, and you all saw it. There's receivers were running free down the seam. I mean, there's, there was. A, I remember running one... lanes to have. You're, but you're running right into the blitz. I mean, he does it so many times. It's not even. You just expect him to do it now. Like once he like decides he's going to take off, he's running into a blitzer. And he's got clean pockets a lot of the time too. And there was one instance where um, Cole Komet was wide open and could have walked in for a touchdown. And and I think that was the second quarter and Ian book, just happy feats his way, just right out of the pocket. And I, I just, I'm, I'm very perplexed as to, um, and I don't know, there's this narrative that Ian book has in a lot of people in going into the Georgia game. Um, and he does pick up a lot of, of first downs with his legs, but a lot of times he just does that, that little spin move. And then next thing you know, Ian book for a gain of two or there's a cursed pocket and he just abandons it and doesn't let routes. I don't know if it's a height thing or if it's just a lack of pocket awareness, but um, something broke in Ian book along with his, his rib in that Northwestern game. Oh, I absolutely. I, it's, it's been night and day difference. You know, what kind of player he is. But, you know, I don't want to put this all on Ian Book, and I don't really want to put this all on Kelly. There is there is plenty of blame, folks. There is blame all the way around. And, I mean, I, I guess I got to start off with the offensive line and Jeff Quinn. Like, yeah. I don't know what the what what they're doing either. Now, listen, I mean, Book is not making it easy for him with the way he's doing things. So I get that part. But running the football – that was atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. What was your favorite Tony Jones stretch run in the first quarter? Oh, God, take, your pick, take your pick. It was it was 
first and second down each time. I mean, like, I, I get that you want to exploit Michigan on the edge, but they continuously went to short side left, you know, the left side, and it was short, short side of the field. And they continuously went to that left side and running out of bounds, two yards game, one yard. They went to the only time Lindsay touched the Braden Lindsay touched the ball. It was a short side, right? He got like a, a sort of a sweep going off on there, two yard gain. And then he went MIA for the rest of the game. Like, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. Yeah, like, like Jafar Armstrong, I mean, I tweeted this out early. I was like, man, either he has no explosion right now or that field's way worse than I'm, than I'm thinking. And it, it, it was probably, a, you know, a combo. I mean, it, it, was, just, it was just so bad. I mean, um, Pino uh, Cabernet looked pretty fine running for Michigan. And, and I mean... Their running backs didn't seem to have any problem making cuts and getting burst against our our overcommitting linebackers, right? Right. That's what I was, that's what I was saying. Like, did, was Jafar even close to being ready? No. Like, was this being pushed for him to be out there? He just didn't look like he was effective at all. And it sure as hell didn't look like Notre Dame thought he was going to be effective at all because of the way they were using, you know, Tony. I mean, he was, he thought he was because he was not Where fair was the catching two back or sets? taking. The, I, yeah, did, was there a two back set the whole game? I don't think so. I don't I, think so either. No, that's not true. That's not true. There was, because there was, I think they, uh, I'll, I'd have to double check. I mean, the, the night's been such a fucking blur. Yeah. But on that, on that fourth down where they uh, brought Jafar across in motion, the, I swear they, I thought, or, I thought they had. Was that? It was well, the play with Tony the, Jones. It was the fourth Tony down. Jones got, was, I don't know if you knew. Knew. I mean, the Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler sure as hell didn't say anything. But it looks like Tony Jones is, went in for X-rays during the half and didn't show up for the entire. That's why uh, you know Smith played and and Jafar got more touches. <laughs> Avery but, Davis got a carry for God's sakes. Yeah, I mean, it, it I, just. Brutal. Well, I mean, Jafar thought he had something because he 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 didn't take a knee in the end zone any of the times he got a kickoff and decided to run to the twenty every time, and we lost five yards every time. Every time, yeah, I I put something out about that. I'm like, the you know, it was the same tweet. Like, there's no explosion from Jafar at all, and two, he needs the fair catch. <laughs> like, you absolutely got to stop taking off because you're not doing anything for us. Well, they cleared that up uh, with with Chris Fink taking the fair catches once Michigan started laying it on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, what a disaster. I mean, go back to like like Jonathan Jones going after that block. I mean, that, that was like the beginning of the, of the, the bad, end right there. Right? The bad juju from that just carried on through the whole night. It was a block punt. We're fist bumping in the McAlinden household, right? We're just pumping our fists. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then... Like you, you don't even know what happened. You don't even know what's happening. You see, you see Jonathan Jones dive on the ball, and the 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 refs don't even call anything, and everybody's just sort of mulling around, and then it's Michigan ball. And next thing you know, it's three nothing. I'm but Notre Dame stat. gets that. Notre Dame gets that ball back. They're in field goal range to start, and I mean the crowd's silent. Yeah, I mean at least at least you're getting yourself on the you could get yourself on the board instead of having that big fucking donut hang over your head for the entire first half 
in most of the third quarter. Right. And Michigan's got that sort of, you know, Bohica, here we go again coming, you know, bend over here, it comes again, we're turning it over on block punts. Right, because, but, I mean, Patterson's trash. And that and that little series right before that proved it. Yeah. About, that, I mean, and we got beat by a trash quarterback. Which isn't the first time, um, you know, uh, the, Miami's quarterback was also trash, right? Uh, so what was it uh rogier was that the miami quarterback i can't remember yeah yeah it definitely was him look i'm gonna read some stats off for you and we can we can chuckle along to this and this is like white girl basic stats ian book eight of 25 for 73 yards one touchdown that's a 2.9 average Mm. phil jerkovic Or, I'm sorry, I, Jude, uh, Jude, I'm sorry if you're listening. Dracovic. It, it's, it's a bad habit. My bad. Phil Dracovic. Three of four for 60 yards and a touchdown. Man, look at that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let, let's, let's continue with the white girl basic stats here. Jameer Smith led Notre Dame in rushing with five carries for 15 yards. 50 yards? 15. Uh, oh. 1-5. Oh, 1-5. That's not for good. A, for a three-yard He led in yards, and he had the best average at three yeah. yards a carry. Tony Jones Jr. was right behind him at eight carries for 14 yards for a 1.8 average. Jafar Armstrong. A lot of written about him this week. Uh, the heralded return. Three carries, three yards. Braden Lindsay, a lot written about him this week. One uh, carry, one yard. Tyler James wrote a glowing piece. It was a good piece, too. So let's, let, let's continue with the, with the basic stats, because this is fascinating. This is like a drive. <laughs> this is basically a drive. The, yeah, it was the uh, full drive, right? Because Jafar's yeah. involved. Well, I, mean, I think Notre Dame, they only had, what, like 180 yards or something like that? It was but, under... Uh, it, it got to 100, then it dropped under. We didn't have 100 yards going into the fourth quarter. I know that. It was uh, well, it was 100, yeah, 180 yards was our was what Notre Dame ended up with. So let's let me get to the next one. Our leading receiver, Javon McKinley, two receptions for 42 yards and a touchdown. Well, tied with Claypool with two receptions for 42 yards. No touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. Cole Komet, two receptions, two 25 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, it's a there's, – there's, there's your basic stats. Drew White tonight had 11 tackles. He looked pretty good. He, he, there, there, there was a lot of – look, and I put this out. Like, and I still firmly believe this, and, and a lot of people are trashing the idea, and I get it. I totally understand it. Tonight is not Clark Lee's fault. I get the 45 points is a big deal. And I get the way the defense was in the first half. And it looked bad at times, but there's a ton of missed tackles. The way he called the game overall, I, I, I'm, not putting the, I'm not pushing the blame anywhere near Clark Lee right now. Players got to make plays. And the, the players have to make plays. They ha- they're, they're in a position. They're, there was too many broken tackles. Well, I mean, and, not only, the, not, and not only that, but your offense absolutely hindered you 
all night long. When oh you cannot get the F off the field, I mean, you're just... Clark, I mean, Lee how much called, you Clark Lee called run blitzes on running downs. I mean, he made the right calls, and the players didn't make tackles, right? I mean, right. There, were, there were run blitzes, and I mean, he's been a revelation all year, and uh, he, it's Brad's boy. But Asmar Bilal on that, that just, there was, there was a run blitz where Asmar went inside and he just got juked out of his, his trousers. Um, and I think it was on that long, was it on that long, that like 47 yard long run that essentially iced it when Notre Dame put it within 10? Yeah, there. I think that, I think the one, the one where Jalen Elliott, we kept putting his arms up there thinking that someone was going to call it a holding call. Right, right. Yeah, like, like I see what you're doing, Jalen, and you're right. You got held a little bit right there, but they're not throwing the flag on that. Sorry. No, not after not after the egregious uh, <laughs> pass interference. God, but... and the refs. I mean, the refs just added to the madness of how awful it all was. You know. I mean, it felt like when when we got that first touchdown and the refs bailed us out, right? It almost felt like it was like, all right, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those games where the atonement for Armando, like Armando, um, he finally is able to rest and his spirits able to yes. rest. Yes, I mean, like, look, how many times have we been screwed inside the big house? Well, and, and we, and, and, and in the know, end, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's some ticket. They evened it up because the pass interference calls tonight were just like. I mean, why weren't we just throwing the damn ball up? They were gonna, they were throwing the flag half the time. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, because Ian Book, and I get it, right? Because Brian Kelly knows that his team doesn't lose football games when they don't turn the ball over. Well, we already were losing. We lost the turnover battle, so there's, a, there's another game where, uh, you know, turnover battle lost, game lost, which almost all of Brian Kelly's L's are, are games in which they lose the turnover battle. But, like... You can't go into a game and be down in a game seventeen nothing and continue to play scared. Yeah, that's what you're right. That's exactly what it felt like. I mean, it, every play call, especially offensively, it just felt like they were just kind of. I don't know, man. It like why are you still running those stupid ass? Any screen, any screen call. None it's of your screens work. work. They have never. They don't work. Well, there Why was are you the, continually calling them. What was it? It was the uh, fourth down call where it was the the pass out. Like you take the 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 tough pass in the rain. Um, you know, you pass it out instead of looking over the middle for for Claypool or Komet. You you throw the pass to the side. It was the fourth and the fourth and three or fourth and four. Was that the one where they throw it outside? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the, what I was talking about earlier, too, that it's not a screen, but, you know, they brought Jafar across and on a fourth and four to get two yards. And when they brought they brought him over, they left Claypool completely, you know, alone, one on one with a cornerback. That's a jump ball just waiting to happen. Like you gotta, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I like, like, which just showed what Michigan was doing. I mean, Michigan was leaving, leaving a receiver one on one most of the time. That's Michigan's defense. On one I mean, side. Don now, Brown like, will they, leave they, a they'll receiver bracket one. 
the bracket won, and so they they ended up it ended up being Claypool was the one they were bracketed in th- pretty much the rest of the night, but past the middle of the second quarter. But before that, he's got man coverage, and other than that, you got somebody going down. The, I mean, that seam was open. I mean, they did not learn their lesson from Penn State. So yeah. it, it, Notre Dame absolutely ha- did nothing to try to exploit it. And I mean, that's, they didn't learn their so lesson from Ohio. That I mean, but that's been Don Brown's defense the entirety of his career. Um, I mean, even going back to Boston College, like they're gonna play man to man, and they're gonna bring a blitzer, and you're gonna have somebody open, and it's just, are you willing to, you know, throw it up there, or can you protect long enough to to get to get somebody, you know, across the middle? And it was a mixture of both, and. I, I just looked at this game and I thought to myself, I wish we had a second receiver, right? Somebody oppo Claypool. Like, I just wish we could bring in Chris Tyree and Jordan Johnson from the 2020s class and just immediately have them come in now because those two players, I think, would have absolutely have made a difference in the outcome today. I mean, I, I think we need Tyler Buchner or Buchner or whatever. I mean, we got to wait two years for that bad boy. What what I'm saying is, I mean, you could bring, I mean, you could bring in Randy Moss and fucking Jerry Rice in their prime, and Ian Book's not throwing the ball to him. I mean, I mean that that's that's the problem. I mean, we don't want to put any. I mean, it's tough to put blame on Clark Lee in this particular game because he got put in a bad spot. But there needs to be a serious discussion about Chip Long, though. Because I'm not sure what the offensive game plan is, and I don't. Sh- I'm not sure if it's Ian Book's decision to to sort of take um, such a. But I, I even outside of the play, even outside of the passing game with Book and and the decisions that Book has to make, either you know pre-snap or whatever. What the fuck are you? What what are you doing on in the running game? I don't know. I mean, what were you trying to do tonight? And, you know, I mean, why are three? There really, there was a couple of times I saw a triple team on a, a Michigan defensive lineman away from the play, away from where the play was going. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, no, no shit. Tony Jones is running like right into like four defenders all by themselves because we're triple teaming a damn defensive lineman on the opposite side of the play. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. And I mean, I understand it's, it's a monsoon, um, but Michigan is basically then crushing the south, line of scrimmage. I mean, you got to take some shots to loosen, just, just get them off the, the line of scrimmage. So Tony Jones can have some room to run. And I don't understand. And yeah, I just chip long. And what's your favorite game that chip long has called in his tenure at Notre Dame. What's your favorite? A lot of, a lot of points have been made about chip long and his creativity and the things that he does, but what's your favorite chip long called game in the three years that he's been the offensive coordinator? Maybe wake forest. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, I mean, I'm not not joking. I mean, maybe, maybe wake forest. I mean, and that's a game where wake forest didn't know what Ian book was going to put on the field. Right. Right. So, I mean, I just, I'm just very curious as Chip, they always say Chip Long and Clark Lee and Clark Lee is certainly 
put the acumen out there and has the chops. But I've always been very curious and and deferred to sort of the expertise of of people who who um, claim that that Chip Long has and my maybe maybe I'm not seeing the same things. But yeah, I'm not sure if I'm seeing the same thing because I, I mean it. It all seems like smoke and mirrors, right? Like when Chip Long first got to Notre Dame, it, it was all about the RPOs, RPOs, the RPOs. I mean, no one, I mean, and anymore everywhere, no one can stop talking about a fucking RPO. Right. And they just, they never really, it's not really a huge part of our offense. I mean, yes, it is, it is and it isn't. Like it, it's definitely a big part of what they call, but as far as how much it works, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it just really, it isn't, it isn't I what never, works. I never see the pass part of it. I see <laughs> a lot of the run, but I see, I, I never see the pass part of, like, the RPO. Like, how many times have you seen Ian do the run, the run pass option and then go to the pass? I, and I don't know if that's something that Ian does, but, but like. I think he's just glad he's running the ball. He's not going to throw an interception. He right. Just takes off. And, you know, and he's, his decision-making we're just all over the place here, but like how many times have you seen Ian book take a one or two yard loss running out of bounds instead of throwing the fucking ball out of bounds, pitching it away every, I mean, I, at least twice tonight. Like, what, I mean, you like, pitched what, it a few times, but don't you have to have, I mean, doesn't that say everything about your awareness of what's going on around you? I mean, he's not like on Shea Patterson's level of absolutely having no idea. Like <laughs> <laughs> that left-handed backwards pass. Oh my I mean, gosh! Patterson that was, was among like the worst to... plays I've seen all year. And that, just he's that guy is just trash. But you know he has no sense of field awareness, and Book is is definitely there with that. Like he doesn't. It, it, that just proves it, right? Like if you can't figure out that you should just throw the ball away instead of taking a two or three yard loss running out of bounds, what what are you doing? That that shows that like all your decisions you're making are made by someone who's doing that. And that does not seem like a And that recipe seems for like consent. something that's very coachable, right? Like if you are what not able to get to the line of script like even if you are able to get to the line of scrimmage, don't even risk it. Just get rid of the ball because you might fumble it. You might get hit and fumble the football. But if if you get out of the pocket, just get rid of the football, which is but I mean it I don't know if he wants to hurt his completion percentage for his vanity sort of point. And I don't want to put that on the kid because I don't I don't think that that's the case. But it's no, like, I, I mean, I think I think books competitive. I, I just think. I mean, I guess I know where the line the, is the better. The best way to say it for me, I guess, is that maybe not that he spaces out, but he kind of gets airheady about. You know, he just lacks awareness. Which is I, definitely know. not a, a, a trait no. that you need in, a, in your quarterback. No. no. I mean, it's a, it's a sad, it's sad, right? Because there was so much hope for Ian Book when he came in and had that and go back to the Wake Forest game last year. Go like, back to the okay. Stanford game. We Do you remember struck- the, the Stanford game? How excited we all were? Yeah. I mean, it was, and it just, the, this downward spiral since Northwestern has just been awful. I mean, it's he's had a few good games since then, but I mean, they're just. I mean, the five. If I don't, I'm not going to talk about Bowling Green in New Mexico, right? I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, and and 
touchdown passes that were actually runs just because of the technicality of the forward pitch. It's 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 been bad. He hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions. No, <laughs> which is good. I mean, we still lost a turnover margin tonight, but and I but think you know what? our streak continues. No Notre Dame running back has lost a fumble since Boston College, November of 2015. Yeah. At yeah. least that's still intact because the 30 point streak is out the fucking door. No, you can put that you can put that one in a in a in a coffin and bury it alive uh, where, where where it belongs. It's a good thing. I mean, I I I, I don't like streaks because streaks just make. I mean, I I doubt. I really highly doubt that it affects it. You know, affects Clark Lee at all. But like me in my life, streaks mean everything, right? Like I'm constantly waiting for the shoe to drop on the streak. Or, or you know, or a decision is made to keep something going, uh, that maybe you should do something else. So, I, in a way, I'm glad this streak's over. Uh, luckily, that the if the fumble streak breaks this season uh, from a running back, it's it's not going to have the stakes that it would have meant otherwise, right? So that's, that's right. But I mean, like, let me let's let's talk about this a little bit. What did you think of of Herb Street and Fowler tonight? I mean, it was a classic Herb Street and Fowler performance. Um, it, they have they have called some of our trashiest games. The absolute trashiest I, games. And it just seems like there is the alt. I and I normally don't care, but it just there is just so much joy in the way Herb Street went about tonight. Like like he was legitimately happy on air about what was going on. I mean, uh, and I guess I shouldn't care, but I kind of do. I mean, like some because some of the things he says are just like fucking moronic statements. Like some of it's he's talking about night, Notre Dame playoffs. Yeah. It's going to hurt their playoff chances. No like, shit, idiot. There's two losses done, anyways. Like who? I would like to point <laughs> out that that is that basic. That is the singular moment. I'm not sure if you remember uh, my staff predictions for for the thing, but I definitely put in there that Herb Street in the second half were going was going to talk about Notre Dame's uh, uh, playoff performance. I believe I said uh, Kirk Herb Street obnoxiously spends the entire fourth quarter talking about no- why Notre Dame won't go to the playoffs if they went out. Well, that turned out to be uh, spot on. Yeah, I was that 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 might have been the one prediction for the staff that that hit. If you take everything that I said about this football game and just flipped it to what uh, what what happened with the the other way, because uh, Shea Patterson was in a pretty clean pocket, the pass rush and just the front seven was was terrible. They put early scoring drives on us, and we had drives. And then I said, a um, uh, couple of turnovers, and the weather is an issue. Shea gets benched. Dylan McCaffrey comes in for relief and looks better, but it's too late as the Irish roll behind <laughs> strong second half performances from Tony Jones and a renewed Jar- Jafar Armstrong. Uh, well, that was the opposite because Phil Jakovic came in in relief and looked pretty all right. And Michigan rolled behind the strong <laughs> legs of their two running backs. <laughs> Look, we're, we're laughing to, to stop from crying. Because there's, I mean, I I guess, look, 
for everyone trashing Brian Kelly right now, and honestly, God, you're just wasting your damn breath. As far as like fire Kelly, blah, 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 blah. You are just wasting your damn breath. It does not matter. He's unless, not. Unless Jack Schwarbrick is, is able to throw all of the scruples and all of his respectability into a dumpster and bring Urban Meyer to town, there I don't see anybody who is able to come in and do a better job, sort of than. Brian. Not only that, but no one, no one worth their shit is going to want to take over this job. After you fire a guy that's been, that's accomplished what they've accomplished, right? First, I I don't I I just want to put it out there like I'm not going to talk about I'm not going to sit here going on a 15 minute rant about Brian Kelly just because it, it honestly God is shouting into the abyss. Like, but there somebody, are things that can be changed. Coordinators, coordinators can be changed. Yep. Assistant coaches, Jeff Quinn, can be changed. These are things that can happen. There are changes that can be made. And as much as I love stability within a college football program, that you know, coaches are, are there for multiple years and there's a system in, in place, and that's good, and, and that is. Sometimes a, a fucking kick in the ass and a change makes a world of difference. Sometimes it makes it worse. But if you can't, if you can't rise and Notre Dame has not proven that they can win a big, a big game still. Well, I would argue that point. Um, well, I, I mean, Stanford last year was a pretty big game, right? At the time. Yeah. And I think, no. well, even if you look back on it, like a lot of I mean, times it, when yeah, you look at Notre Dame went, like if Notre Dame had lost the game, what would that team's record have been? So if if Notre Dame if Stanford had beaten right. Notre Dame are they a ten and two football did did Stanford only did Stanford go nine and three last year or did they go eight and four That's a good question. I thought they went eight and four but they ended they up uh, nine and four at the end of the year um, Yeah they were they would have been a nine and three football team um, Okay. Because they won their bowl game, and then all right, I'll give I'll give you that. So I mean, it's not terrible. So, but look, all right, so so let, let's just ch- we'll we'll change the the scope of it. You can't win a big game on the road, absolutely. Or in the uh, <laughs> in uh, can't win a game in December or big game on the road. Yeah, it's just uh, it's not <clears throat> look Notre Dame's right there. They they something has to be something has to and needs to be done because it, it almost feels like a stalemate, right? Like 2016 happened. That actually happened. Yeah. And then all these changes were made and lots of good things happened. Right. But this team does not seem any different. I mean, they, they seem worse. I mean, they are worse than the two than the 2017 team. I think they're worse than the 2018 team. Yeah. So, it's you're you're not getting any better, it, and a lot of it's the same. A lot of it has the same, but there's just there's less identity, right? Like at least in 2017 and 2018, offensive line, offensive line, running backs, running backs, explosive plays. Yeah. I mean, and even la- last year wasn't a whole lot of explosive plays, but at least you had an, ex- an explosive playmaker, right? 
and, which is and, coming next year. And you had one in Miles Boykin that you just chose not to well, that's use in an explosive manner. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It just it just seems I mean, I guess maybe I'm just I'm, I'm really like packing my bags and, and ready to board the the SS fireship longship. I I don't think that you're off base with the SS fireship longship because and but but part of it too is, is that maybe chip long I, I doesn't this team feel since Brian Kelly's been at the job and, and a lot of people like to talk about the second year regression of quarterbacks under Brian Kelly who's if if you're just looking from a talent perspective who's the most talented quarterback that Brian Kelly's had Tommy Reese is a three-star quarterback. God, God, we love him, but he's a three-star quarterback with serious limitations. I mean, your most every, talented one is probably, it's got to be Kaiser, right? Kaiser, right. Yeah, he's the only four-star because Everett Golson, three-star quarterback. Ian Book, three-star quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser was a lower-end four-star quarterback who was thinking about quitting the sport of football going into have, the season. It did have an Alabama offer. He did, yeah. <laughs> He did have an. Uh, he did. He had a committable Alabama offer. Yeah, but I mean, he was thinking about quitting the sport of football before, before that season, right? Before, um, right. before so, I mean, Wilson transferred. Right. So you're not dealing with a whole lot of uh, Trevor Lawrence's, Justin Fields. I, I don't know. I mean, I I get I I, Even I get the direction Sean you're getting, Watson you're heading here with level like. You you don't right. Notre Dame feels like if they had a transcendent quarterback, like for a team like Notre Dame to rise up, and for a Clemson, because if you look at Clemson's recruiting rankings, they're not particularly until this year, they're sort of on yeah. the Notre Dame level. You need transcendent quarterback play that Brian Kelly just had never been able to produce in his ten years at Notre Dame. So if he yeah, can Notre get Dame, the- Notre Dame and Clemson like swap, like Notre Dame had a. Their offensive line recruiting was a lot better than Clemson's, and their skill position recruiting was better than Notre Dame's. And the thing was is that Clemson had this great talent at skill and was able to coach up their offensive linemen, where Notre Dame, you can't coach up speed. No. At, at skill. So, so advantage Clemson, even though the recruiting rankings were basically the same over the last five years. Up until this year, I mean, Clemson's just cleaning house. They're just cleaning house, yeah. yeah. And that's just, and it just goes to show that if you can get a transcendent player at that quarterback position, it masks a lot of your deficiencies and some of the things that, that you're not able to do, but it also allows you to, if we had a transcendent quarterback, we're not getting beat 45 to 14 at Michigan, right? We, somebody's going to step up when it's 17 to nothing. And in that second half make plays and, we just didn't make any plays and and Michigan just ended and ended up running running over us. Ian Book, it you were watching that game. What was your feeling about Ian Book over the course of that game? You wanted to you know that you couldn't say bring in Phil, but what did you feel in your heart? Against Clemson? No, against Michigan tonight. Oh yeah, against I mean, no, that's it. That's exactly what I was feeling. Like Like you knew you couldn't say bench Ian, but what right, did you I, feel in your heart? No, that's exactly what I was feeling. Yeah, I, I I couldn't tweet that out because because number one, I don't believe in the quarterback hook. Like, 
as like a lot of people do. I'm not quick to neither am I. I'm not quick to bench anybody. Like if, if a guy's fucking up, sometimes he's just fucking up. But that doesn't mean the guy behind him is any better. We're not in practice every day. I have to, you know, I have to at least trust the coaches to that degree where they're where they're putting the better player out there. However, tonight felt like a different monster. Like watching Book and watching his decisions, like there was nothing that he was doing that was putting Notre Dame in a position to try to win the football game. And so when that became evident to me, then that's in, in my heart of hearts. I'm like, I, I wanted to make the change. I, and I even tweeted out something about, you know, people that say, <laughs> you know, who's who's criticizing Kelly for, you know, they used to criticize Kelly for having the, the early yeah, the quick hook, the yeah. quick hook, you know? So yeah. here's definitely, my question. I definitely think that they should have went earlier just because I was done with it. There was nothing that I was seeing that offered me any hope that it was going to be different uh, throughout the game. So I guess at that point I was, I was, I was, I guess move on isn't really the exact feeling, but I mean, I was ready to move on. So here's my question to you over the course of the season, judge looking at Ian books performances was tonight unexpected. And, and I, and I asked that sort of in the vein of like, are you surprised that this sort of performance came from me and book judging by sort of the herky jerky, um, the herky jerky way that he played and, and being yeah, able you to seen drives. It's going to sound strange, but yeah, I am kind of surprised by it. You know, Notre Dame went down to Athens. I mean, the, the whole damn thing surprising. You, know, you, would you watch, you watch this team go down to Athens and had a chance to win the game you know, in the last minutes of the fourth quarter and Ian book, it didn't have a great performance against Georgia, but it was okay. It was, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it was what it was. I just didn't think that it was going to be, that they would go to Michigan and provide this much of a shit show. Did the weather have it, have something to do with it? Absolutely. I mean, can't dismiss that, but Michigan had a play in it too. Patterson played just as shitty. Oh yeah. And so there. You know, that's the thing. You can't pin this all on book because, you know, Patterson played just as terribly and Michigan did just fine. You know, th- their offensive line pounded. I mean, they did. They won the trenches flat out. I mean, they flat out owned them on the line. And that was, that, you know, they had mentioned in the broadcast a few times and it, it had to have been a theme in Ann Arbor all week long because last year they got owned in the trenches. Yeah, Absolutely they got decimated. Decimated and, in the trenches. And that's with guys like Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary and shit. So you know that was a big theme this week. And they they showed it out in the field. They went out there and just freaking mauled Notre Dame in the trenches. And so Patterson was okay to just be shitty. Hell, they didn't even I mean he I don't know if he completed a pass until sometime in the second quarter, anyways. I mean, here here's some here's a fun little in games that Ian Book has played against Power 5 competitions, so Louisville, Georgia, Virginia, South Carolina, and Michigan. He has thrown for... Can, can you guess how many touchdowns that he's thrown for in those, in those games? Name out the games again. So Louisville, Georgia, Virginia, Southern Cal, 
and then this game against Michigan. So he's got the one against Michigan tonight. Uh, probably five. Yeah. Is it is it five? Yeah. Because he had six against win? New Mexico, six Bill against Jakovic, That's what I won. I it because he had one touchdown against Louisville, no touchdowns in Virginia, and then against USC he threw a touchdown in a seventeen for thirty two performance for one sixty five. He threw for one sixty five against Southern Cal. He threw for one sixty five against Virginia, and he threw for one ninety three against Louisville. And then, you know, 275 against Georgia, power to him, but also two picks. I, I mean, I, do, I mean, saying all that, I mean, it's kind of tonight was we just, sort of an extension. I, he's got another year of eligibility left. I think, right. we and, which I have been a big fan of saying, I, I've been a big fan of saying for quite a long time, I'm, I was glad. I didn't, I don't want him going to the, I, I've, was saying I didn't want to go into the NFL. I th- hey, I thought that was premature and dumb, anyways. And I'll take another year of an experienced quarterback, please. And now I just think we're brewing up for this another quarterback controversy spring that makes me want to blow my brains out for being a blogger uh, and having to deal with this shit. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, they Kelly got such. I mean, how much, how many like points, brownie points did, did Kelly get last year for making the bold move of switching from Wimbush to oh, Book at, yeah. you know, being undefeated? I mean, it was like he was the praise of the country, of the pundits. You know, it was a, such a bold move to bench your starter, you know, when you're, you know, undefeated and a big win over Michigan, but you felt you needed to do more. I think, I think they need to make that bold move now. And just see what you have with Phil before you bring I mean, in Drew Pine and then bring in. What else? What's Buckner? left for the season? All right. There's a, Notre Dame, a game against they, Wake Forest or Appy State slash Cincinnati in a New Year's Six. Well, I mean, Notre Dame's got. If, if Notre Dame finishes 10 and 2, they're going to a New Year's Six bowl game. Yes. And they'll probably win it against a middling program. Okay. Yeah. And you can do that with Ian Book. Yes. Can you go 10 and 2 and win and beat SMU, let's just say, in the Cotton Bowl? Probably. With, with Dracovic. We'd finally get revenge on Sam Ellinger for um, the, the 2016 Texas game. <laughs> or Shane Michelle. Shane Michelle. Do no, we really Shane want to carry that flag? This is for BVG. It's for BVG and beating Shane, uh, Shane Bouchelle because, yeah, it's Shane Bouchelle. Uh, not <laughs> let's get beat him out. Um, I guess my point is, is like, it feels like there's a lot less to lose now moving forward. Like the playoffs are completely out of the picture now. It's off. Where, where it was still a, you know, we if you if Notre Dame would have won tonight, they're still, especially with Oklahoma losing, you know, you still have that run where you know who knows what could happen. The SEC still has to devour itself a little bit. You know, maybe you sneak in as a as a four seed, but now it just. It's gone. It's it's all gone. And is the everything? What are you playing for? Everything I'm doing, if I'm Brian Kelly right now at five and two on the season, is I am doing everything in my power to prepare for November seventh, two thousand and twenty, when the Clemson Tigers come to Notre Dame Stadium. 
kind of like what Dabo did with when he pulled. I mean, that, 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 I mean, that's kind of what I'm, that's kind of what right now is, right? I mean, Dabo pulled Kelly Bryant for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And, you Trust. know, and he struggled. Early. And I'm not even sure. Get, I'm not uh, even sure if Dabo expected Clemson to come out and end up winning a ship. I don't think, I don't know if Dabo thought that, but, but I, I definitely think that he was planning for the future. No, but he made that move knowing that he needed that type of quarterback to have a chance to do it. Right. I, so, I mean, I, man, I really hate, I hate all the bench book or I I mean, hate ben, hearing a kid. bench starting quarterback, put backup quarterback stuff in. I hate it. It's so cliche. Kid it's so easy. Three losses in his it's career. It's so easy. It's so mean. It's so mean spirited. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. I, there's nothing about it that I like, but I absolutely think that I am on that spot right now where it's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's make the change. Let's go and let's see what we, let's see what we could do with Phil, because at least when Phil's running, like you watching tonight, yeah. he's gaining yards. He's he's doing it. He probably should hold on that ball a little tighter. But, uh, he probably shouldn't fall over the first time he touches yeah. the ball. I mean, but we're watching him though. It, it's obvious that running the ball seems more natural. Like the, the, there's so much more glide there than books chops. And look, I, I really, I, I USC last year, I fell in love with Ian book. It wasn't a great game, but the guy put it, dropped his shoulder and his head down oh, twice. Gosh. Beautiful. Put his, I mean, really put his body on the he line. Put his body and the season on the line on that run. And I, I, I have a lot of respect for players that do that. And, and playing hurt, right? Coming out that like right. he played with a like busted kidney in that game against Northwestern. So and I, just, I don't want anyone to take me saying, "Okay, it's time for it's time to make the switch," as like this giant bashing of book because I have I still have a lot of respect for him. I just think that he just he it's it might just be time to move on. It does not feel like there's a progression there. It feels like things are getting worse. It feels like there's no hope for the future. Like what should we expect in these next you know the rest of the season? And I mean the legend of Rhesus essentially comes from the fact that he was relegated to the bench in 2012. And if we had Ian Book as a backup quarterback next year, you could take every risk and every, every, you wouldn't right. be afraid to run Phil Jerkovic, right? Because you know that you have Ian Book waiting in the way. If Ian Book came back for a fifth year, or, you know, came back for a fifth year and was willing to play backup quarterback, I, and I don't know if he does. I don't know where his headspace is at. But if you did end up making that choice to go with Phil and you had Ian and Ian was willing to be that team player and to be that sort of Tommy Reese super sub, like sign me up for that all day. Because Ian Book is a gamer. And I just I just don't know if he has the acumen and the the guts to throw it deep that that you need to have that that teams need to do in 2019 college football yeah it's definitely not it, it's definitely not showing uh yeah it was this was a trash night and i'm one of the i'm, I'm also someone who does not i can't stand going macro after a loss like it's like Notre Dame fans like default position right 
like after a loss, like instantly everything's macro. Everything, everything fire has to do everyone. With yes, yeah, it, no. that is fire everyone. But then it's like over-examination of every part of the program. And I just think, you know, you lose in college football. Uh, you know, it's, I'm it not going to say it's okay, but it, it happens. These games do happen. I mean, as horrible and as like blinding as this game was, these trash games happen. You know, throw a hurricane into the mix. This shit happens. Go ask Oklahoma if they thought they were going to get down four scores to Kansas State. I mean, just it's college football. But I, there are some bigger macro issues involved here other than like a play call or a bad call from a ref or a player messing up. So there are some bigger issues here why, why Notre Dame lost in Auburn tonight. So we can look at a little bit of the macro. And, you know, a lot of that, as we've talked about th- throughout tonight, it comes down to Chip. It comes down to the offense. Yeah. What Chip Long's calling, how Ian Book is dealing it, the offensive line, what they're doing. I mean, it's like it, there's just so many issues there that it's hard to really – it's hard to put your thumb on one particular thing to start with. Like, like, is there one thing that they could change to make it better? And I don't know if there is. I, I really don't know if there is. I mean, you better play calls, okay, except for when you're getting mal- – you know, if you can't run the football when you, when you need to, what's that do? So One-dimensional so, against a team that likes to blitz. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's just a lot of – a lot of different things going on that I, I just don't know if they, if you Brian Kelly's. You gave up 45 and you only scored 14. Which one of those numbers upsets you more? Uh, the 14. Right. I agree. Cause I don't Cause think I know, that I mean, you give up 45 if you score more than 14. Right. The 45 was, a. Uh, I, I would say the 31 was legit. Yeah, I would uh, then, also agree. So, I mean, so if we would have lost the game 31-27 with a normal kind of a game flow, you know, not like a, a rabid comeback because you got down big, you know, you, you didn't go down 17-0. If we lost 31-27 or 31-24, right. it would be a lot, the outlook would be so much different. It would be more, um, yeah, it would be more palpable, right? You'd be able to swallow that a little bit better than... But like well, I had, because I think, I think there Michigan were things fans were dunking on me. My Michigan friend fans were dunking on me that their white running back scored on us. True Wilson, that he <laughs> dunked on that 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 he scored. You know that that final touchdown, um, and just talking about all of the grit and his lunch bill mentality, and yeah, it's just it's he doesn't get to score like that if we're able to have more than 14 points on the board because then there's some more game pressure on Michigan. So I I agree with you 100%. It's the 14. Uh, and that 14 isn't even real cuz seven of those points came garbage time fill with garbage time fill. Yeah, the the advanced stats are going to which were not in their name's favor anyways. Jude uh Jude is getting ready to his advanced stats on it. Um, maybe the worst perform offensive performance of the Brian Kelly era is sort of what I was garnering from Jude's uh, initial. Was uh, it wor- was it worse than NC State? 
I think um I think it was I don't know I'd have to go I'd have to check their report but um it might have been it might have been worse than NC State. Well we're an hour in here so yeah we're we're, we're going to have to have to stop the blow here. I I I really thought I was going to get on this podcast tonight and just light the world on fire. I I was in that, but I mean, I, it was hard for me to get like the microphone plugged in. I'm like, I'm, I'm jacked up, ready to just cuss out the world. But number one, that's not going to solve. That's not going to do anything for you guys. That's not going to do anything for me either. Cause I'm just going to wake up my kids and my wife. <laughs> but number two, I just, this is where we are. This is where Notre Dame is. Am I angry? Fuck. Yeah. I'm, this, this is absolutely this is terrible and nobody saw this coming. Like the Irish illustrated podcast where they're talking about most likely outcomes. Like the thing that absolutely won't happen is Notre Dame won't get blown out. And I don't say that like, you know, that weird voice thinking that I'm better than them. Cause I absolutely agreed with them. Yeah. But that was the point, right? Like we all thought that this, if Notre Dame is going to lose, it's going to be like kind of a close game, a one score game. So it made it the Miami game. This is what made it exactly like the Miami Pete game. Pete Samson said this no is one... not going to be like Miami. We're all eating crow. Every yeah. single one of us eating crow. I'm, I've, I haven't looked at the, and I probably should, like the comments on the site. I'm just waiting. I started to get a little bit on Twitter. Michigan fans coming at me. Come at me. I mean, it's fine. I talk shit about them all week, and I know what happens. What happens. You come at me, that's fine. I even got Notre Dame fans like, Maybe you should. Maybe you shouldn't have said Michigan sucks all week. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what like it had an out. Like it, that had an out. Like that had the. That was the deciding right. factor. It's Michigan said. week. What else am I gonna say? That's what. It, that's what. God damn it! That's what you do. It's a trash talking. I hate you week. I'm not gonna glowingly speak about Shea Patterson's rise to six what? for twelve performance. God, give me a break. This is not, <laughs> I don't know. So I'll be dealing with that. <clears throat> Notre Dame is going to have to deal with their offense because regardless of the monsoon, there are issues. And they're all things that have we've seen all season long as it was anyways. So the they just got, you know, magnified uh, through tiny raindrops. Yeah, aptly put. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's on a on a fly on the whim. So, all right, Brendan, thank you for jumping on here and and being you were you were my crutch tonight to to not just go like Tasmanian devil, mush mouth cussing like free for all. So I, I appreciate you, appreciate you taking the time. It's not a problem, Josh. I uh, I needed it myself. I needed somehow. I mean, we all have to somehow digest just the absolute abhorrent uh game that we saw yeah because it's not something we could just throw in the trash and be like fuck this let's move on because that's not because it's a there is a it's just the tenor of the whole picture yeah absolutely i mean the the tenor for the rest of the season is shit (laughs) because with stanford not being as good as what we thought this was it we lost to georgia you lost to michigan at least we can get. Uh, I mean, the one. At least, grace, at least USC did pull one out in, in Boulder. Yeah, they might. They might. I mean, there's still two narratives we can get out of the way. We can get the narrative if we're looking like silver lining, right? 
we can get the narrative that we can't win on the farm out of there, yep. right? Because we haven't won since 2007 on the farm. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and we can get the New York Six Bowl. So if we can get by Stanford, we can get the New York Six Bowl monkey off our back. The, the thing that we haven't won since 93, right? We haven't won a big bowl game since 1993. So that's a pretty big thing that we can get out of the way. And no one will remember that that bowl game was a win against uh, what? Uh, who's who's the second best team? SMU. Or the second we'll, best we'll say it's the Cotton Bowl SMU. Or maybe, uh, or maybe it's Cincinnati. Wake Forest. I don't know. It's yeah, the Cincinnati. <clears throat> You're right. Because no one remembers about the crap Orange Bowls they had for like four years in a row. No, and like teams like Kansas were going. I mean, no one, yeah, nobody remembers that Bob Stoops uh, beat UConn in a in a big in a New York Six bowl game. They just remember that Bob Stoops beat UConn in a big bowl game. Right? They remember that Bob Stoops lost to Boise State. They sure do, and that he didn't win a single (laughs) uh, bowl game uh, since like 2000. But yeah, oh, he beat out. Well, hey, all right, so. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review. I, I wish this would have been a celebratory podcast and it definitely was not. And uh, somehow we're going to carry on. I mean, just finish up your liquor cabinets tonight and tomorrow's a new day. Uh, I'm sure that we will still be heated and, tr- and talk a lot of shit about this game uh, for the coming weeks, not just this week. Uh, but Notre Dame still has to get ready for Virginia Tech. (laughs) So there's still a season to be playing here. So thanks for stopping by and uh, God, go Irish.